Uh, hey, everyone. It's Russ, and welcome to another episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Uh, I'm excited today to be joined by Kay Ginsberg. Uh, Kay's the founder of Peace of Mind Transitions. Um, she has created a really interesting uh, and I would argue super important and valuable business. Uh, and so um, I'm really happy that she's uh, joining us today. And, and you know, we're going to get to share a little bit about who she is and, and what she does. So, Kay, welcome. Thank you, Russ. I'm uh, happy to be here and I'm excited to talk to you and uh, talk about my company. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited as well. So why don't we start? Uh, why don't we start, Kay, by you just telling us a little bit about yourself personally? Okay. Well, I um, was uh, raised uh, as with my father in the Air Force. So people said we were like Air Force brats. We moved about every four years uh, all over the U.S. and lived in Germany as well. And while I didn't love having to get uprooted every four years growing up, I now appreciate a lot more. I think it made me more resilient and able to try new things. Um, so when we were living in Maryland outside of Washington, D.C., when I was graduated from high school. I went to college in uh, the University of Kansas because my parents kept their um, residency in Kansas when we were moving around. And I majored in advertising and journalism and uh, decided that I was going to go to the big city of New York after I graduated, which I did. Uh, worked in some ad agencies, uh, ultimately moved into publishing. I was marketing director of Condé Nast Traveler magazine. I met my husband, who's a New Yorker. We had our first child and actually our second one as well. And we were commuting from Connecticut, and it was just uh, long hours of working and commuting. And he had a great opportunity for a job here in Atlanta. And so we moved down here and um, I took the opportunity to take some time off from working and was a full-time mom raising our three kids, which I feel very privileged to have been able to do and was just, you know, super volunteer and doing a lot of things like that. And about six years or so ago, my mom um, needed to move into senior living. Uh, my father had passed away suddenly. Um, she was showing signs of dementia, not able to live at home anymore. And the community that we moved her into in Maryland referred us to a great company that were senior move managers that helped us with the entire move process. And I just thought it was the most helpful, amazing service. And I just got interested in it, started helping some of my friends. Um, my husband convinced me to start my own company. So I sort of say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Um, so I started Peace of Mind Transition transitions, thought it would just be me and a few friends. And uh, over the past five years, we've just grown um, to a, a much larger company because, as you said, there's just so much demand and so much need. And we just love what we do. Wow. Well, uh, so, hey, thanks for sharing all that. Um, I, I think we could probably spend um, all of our time talking about your travels growing up, your work at Condé Nast. Um, um, and some of the other things you shared. So maybe we'll have to have you back for a part two at some point, but um, yeah, I love that. But yeah, I'd, I'd really like to learn more about your company and, and kind of more generally about senior move management. Like um, could you, for our listeners, could you just maybe explain um, a little bit more about generally what that means and maybe give a, an example or two of where, uh, where it might make sense for someone to reach out to you and uh, and peace of mind transitions. 
Yeah, that's great. One of the biggest challenges we have as an industry is people just don't know we even exist. I'm actually a member of the National Association of Senior and Specialty Move Managers. There are companies all across the U.S., in Canada, even in Europe and Australia. Um, So it's really growing. And what we do is we help older adults and their families through the entire relocation process. And that can include downsizing and organizing prior to the move, literally going through cabinets and closets or attics and garages to sort what you're going to keep and and what you won't be keeping. Uh, We have an interior designer on staff who does floor planning and interior design. So we know exactly what you currently have that's going to fit in the new space. Our team does all the packing uh, because we pack so that when we are unpacking, it's very organized, which is a little bit different than a moving company. We do work with local moving companies because they are the ones that do all that heavy lifting and they transport everything from one location to the next. Um, And then we're there to manage that process and unpack. And we completely unpack the the home and set up, organize the closets and the cabinets and hang the art and wall mount TVs and hang window treatments, whatever needs to be done, we can make it happen. So literally our clients can leave a completely settled home and move into a, walk into their brand new, completely settled home, which is just a really big deal. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just people that are, should think about reaching out to us or anyone who's just even getting ready or starting to think about downsizing. Because most of the time we're working with people that are have lived in a home, a big home for a long time, and they may be moving to a condo or townhouse or a 55 plus community or some senior living. You know, we work with a wide range of clients, but it's anyone who's feeling overwhelmed by the thought of moving. Um, And we do help people that aren't seniors uh, occasionally, but, and it's usually family members of the people we help move first, but um, that's really where our heart lies because Moving is stressful for anyone at any age, uh, but when you're older and you're having to leave behind memories in a house you've lived in for 42 years, you know, that can be extra stressful. And so we're here to kind of help people through that that whole process and guide them through that. Um, we do a little counseling along the way, you know, some shoulders to cry on occasionally, um, but it's just a very rewarding for us because we feel like we've really made a difference in our clients' lives when they've gone through this process. Well, clearly you're doing something right. If 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 after moving a uh, an older adult or a senior, um, if their maybe adult children or, or other family or friends reach out to you for help with their move, even even if they're not you know kind of squarely in that senior age range, I think that speaks volumes to the the value and the quality of the work that you guys are, are delivering. So, uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, and actually I would say 98% of our business is referrals. Um, the senior communities that we work in know us and, you know, pass our name out for, to their new residents coming in, um, real estate agents, you know, people we've worked with uh, are the ones that pass our name along the most. So, um, that to me, that says a lot too, is that it's almost all referrals. And, and of the referrals you do receive, are, is that typically the senior who's like maybe late seventies, eighties or older, and they reach out and say, okay, I, I've, I've got to move. I need help. I don't know where to start. Or 
Uh, is it more often their adult children who might be in their 50s or 60s saying like, hey, my mom and or my dad, um, we've got to tackle this big project and you know, I'm working full time and I've got a family, so I need some help. Or is it a little bit of both? It really is a little bit of both. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about the phone calls I got yesterday and it was almost half and half. You know, some are adult children saying I need help, you know, for my parent or, um, you know, we're working with a 93 year old man who's completely, um, you know, in charge and fit and mentally and physically. And, you know, we're, we're doing a move with him for him and his wife. So, it's uh, really varied, and that's what makes it so interesting is every day, every move is different. And I'm just curious, do do most of these situations, do the people that reach out to you already know where they want to move? Or do you do you guys ever get involved in, like, helping them figure out, A, like, what what part of town or maybe even what specific home? I know you guys aren't realtors, clearly, but can you guys help them in that decision-making process as well, like, figuring out if they can still uh, are capable of living independently versus going to, you know, maybe some kind of senior community or assisted living scenario. So actually there's a whole industry that um, helps people make those decisions. There's uh, senior placement advisors um, and some of them are also realtors. So they might specialize more in the 55 plus communities and others also specialize in knowing about the senior living communities themselves. And I think it's really important to use a professional in that industry because they're keeping up with all the data on the different communities. They'll know what the price points are. Um, They'll know who's negotiating. They'll know if anybody has licensing violations, um, whose staff is turning over and it might not be a good time to move. Um, I know a little bit. I mean, I just see a little piece of that, but I don't have the whole picture. And so um, I refer people that aren't sure where they're moving to uh, those placement people that I know and trust that can help people make those decisions. Because it's really important, you know, moving again, it's not easy. It's not inexpensive. You want to kind of make sure you've uh, chosen where you're going and are are making a good choice and where you want to go. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. And and yeah, so whether you're it sounds to me like whether you're working with a local moving company or you're bringing in other complementary professionals to, you know, help the help your clients make the, you know, the the most informed um, decisions based on their circumstances or situation. I mean, it sounds like you guys really um, through both your your staff um, and your services, as well as other people that you guys can vet and bring to the table. It's, it's kind of a it sounds like it's a pretty end to end service. It really is. And there's, um, I think it's really important for people to realize is there's a whole senior care industry, you know, that is just keeps growing. If you think about the fact that I think it's 10,000 people turn 65 every day in the U.S., you know, this huge bubble of population that's aging, there are all these companies like senior move managers, like placement people, like, you know, people like you that are specializing in helping financially, you know, make the right plans that there are just a lot of people out there to help people going through this process. And it's really important to sort of ask questions and everyone in the industry. One thing I really like about the senior care industry is that people really are in it for the right reasons to help people. And we all kind of network with each other and know who to 
you know, who to go to. So if it's, again, if it's something I don't, we don't do, I probably know someone who does it that I can refer you to. And so, and that's, you know, how people come to us as well. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I'm reminded just a few episodes ago, we had uh, Lisa Kaufman on, who's a geriatric uh, care manager. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's just so interesting to, um, to discover all of the specialty um, services and subject matter experts in these um, relatively specific, um, you know, service providers or addressing specific needs within the senior community specifically. And, And clearly, um, you and, and your company, Kay, are, are providing a huge service for something that's super important. As you pointed out yourself, I mean, regardless of, regardless of age or circumstances, um, a move is a, is a big deal. It, it can be overwhelming and quickly take on a life of its own. Um, and I think that's probably only magnified as people are older. Um, they've maybe been in the same house for you know, years, if not decades. Um, they've got a lot of stuff they've accumulated so I think all that's, I think people are, can probably identify with or, or, or are pretty familiar with what's involved there. But from your perspective and your experience, what would you say is the biggest challenge that, that you and Peace of Mind Transitions help people address or solve? Yeah, I think it's, it's there's kind of two big challenges. And I, I sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier, the first one, and you just mentioned it. Um, a senior move when people are moving at a later age um, is often predicated by another stressful event like the death of a spouse or a change in mental or physical health. Uh, so it's a really difficult time. And so I feel like we are dealing with people's emotions and a lot more than you would in a typical move. So uh, we have discussions like, this is the last move I'm ever going to make. And, you know, I'm leaving this home with all these memories. And, and so we spend a lot of time, I've done some training with our staff to really help work with people and just bring the compassion and understanding, you know, that needs to happen when, when you're going through uh, a move like that. And the other big issue right now is uh, what to do with the things that aren't going with them. Uh, So, uh, we're kind of in an interesting phase right now in the U.S. that there are two generations downsizing at the same time because we're all living longer. So we have people in our 80s and 90s that are moving into even independent living for the first time. And that generation saved all of their parents' things, their furniture, their china. They loved getting it and they want to pass it down. But we have people in their 60s and 70s, empty nesters. You know, they've been successful. They've filled their own homes. They've accumulated things. They don't really want all the things that, you know, might be coming their way from their parents. Um, And then we have the millennial children and grandchildren who are much more minimalist and don't want a lot of stuff in their house. So the problem becomes what happens when family doesn't want, you know, the three sets of China that the grandparent has been saving from her family, her husband's family, you know, her own China, Um, What do you do with the big furniture, um, the heavy dining room tables and the china cabinets and the big TV armoires that aren't popular anymore? Um, And then with the pandemic last year, people were downsizing who were just at home and had, you know, that was what they were doing. So there's just this flood of things on the market. And so 
people spent a lot of money on furniture and they're not going to get that same price point back and, or even be able to sell it. Um, you know, bit of big, beautiful desks. Sometimes we even have trouble donating them. So that's really a big challenge that we have when we work with our clients is finding a new home for things that aren't going with them. So, um, you know, the estate sale companies there, you look around, there are probably 20 estate sales going on around your neighborhood each weekend. And the consignment stores are feeling overwhelmed and they'll be, they're very specific about what they'll take. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to be creative and get things to people who need it, um, who don't have as much and get things donated and, and reused. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded when you and I met uh, met and had coffee a few weeks back, I think we spent a few minutes talking about that very issue. Um, um, in fact, I, I think I might have mentioned, like, I, I, think my, I think my mother-in-law has multiple sets of China that she assumes that my wife and her other two daughters, um, you know, want. And I don't think that's the case. Um, <laughs> and that's just one small example. And, and then I'm also reminded too, like, I, I don't know the stats, but I think like the self-storage industry is like, continues to grow at a blistering pace, which just kind of speaks to the fact that people are accumulating stuff or stuff being handed down and they don't have a place for it. Or um, So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's a, I think that's a, a bigger challenge than maybe many people would recognize. And I think, um, I think, I suspect you, you could probably speak to this, but I suspect it's probably helpful to have an objective third party, like you guys come in and help through that process, as opposed to the adult kids, you know, having to basically, you know, maybe disappoint at some level, their, their mom or their dad, and just, you know, telling them like, no, we don't want all this stuff. Um, I gotta, I gotta think that's probably a, a delicate conversation to have, but I would think there's probably a lot of value in you guys being involved and, in, and, in, and almost being able to sort of serve as a quasi mediator in, in figuring out, uh, figuring all that out and kind of navigating that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, having an independent third party definitely, uh, makes a difference in a lot of cases and, um, just back to the storage units for one minute. I listened to a podcast the other day and they said that there are more storage units in the U S than there are Starbucks and McDonald's franchises. So that just proves your point. That was kind of shocking to me. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But going back to that independent, um, kind of person in the mix, and I'm sure you see that in your industry too, there's all sorts of different family dynamics going on and, um, you know, people's feelings from something mom said 20 years ago resurface when you're trying to divide up things among the family. So, you know, we do try to come in and be impartial. And, you know, we're always uh, on our client's side and trying to, you know, do what's best for them and, um, you know, kind of just keep everything calm around them and and try to make help people make decisions that are, are right for them. Um, and, you know, let the rest of the family dynamics play off in the background and let's let's just make this move as easy as possible for the people that are moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think clearly we've, I think we've clearly made the case that, you know, this is a, a, a big deal. It it can be uh, challenging at a minimum, um, more likely uh, overwhelming in, in many cases. Um, 
So instead of just focusing on the issue uh, or, or, or arguably the problem, why don't, why don't you share with us one or two of your favorite client success stories that you've, you've experienced over the last, uh, over the last few years? Yeah. Um, one of my, one of our favorite clients uh, is a woman whose husband has Parkinson's. And so uh, she's been having to make all these decisions for the family kind of independently on her own. Her husband's, you know, kind of helpful, but um, not what he used to be in terms of, you know, support and that kind of thing. And they were living in a house that had a lot of stairs. They just made the decision to move to a senior living community into a cottage. It was all one, you know, one level that wasn't going to be an, an issue for them with stairs and that she could get some support and help and have other people around her. And so I met with her and I told her about all our services and how we could get her moved quickly and that we'd get it all set up and that we'd literally pack one day, move the next, and you'd be able to move in. And she tells tells me afterwards that she was very skeptical, but you know, we came highly recommended from the community. So she's like, I need the help. I'll just go with these people and you know see what they do. So we came in and we did, um, we always packed the day before the move. So we were packing and she was like, who knew that packing China could be so much fun. And it wasn't like we were throwing a wild and crazy party, but it's just a group of mostly women that all enjoy being with each other, enjoy our clients, like what we do. So it just was a pleasant experience for her. It wasn't just, you know, a bunch of strange guys, surly guys coming in and packing. And the next day the movers came, loaded the truck, drove over to the community. She popped in probably in the middle of the day, saw total chaos because there were probably four movers unloading furniture, four or five people on my team unpacking and hanging art, get everything done. She said she walked away. I was like, yeah, never happening. They're not going to be done today. She came back uh, probably about five o'clock and we were pulling the last boxes out, the last, you know, packing paper, vacuuming to, you know, make sure the floors were clean. Pictures were on the wall. Cabinets were organized. The bathroom was set up. I mean, literally the beds were made. Lamps were on. And she just burst into tears. And she just still says to this day, she couldn't believe that we did it in one day and was just so incredibly happy. And, you know, and that's really what we want to do is, is make that move and make, and make it so easy that you literally walk out of one home and into the next. Um, But what I also love about this story is we also help, like I mentioned before, with our clients with managing what to do with what's left. And so she was lucky because um, they're moving into a cottage. So they took more furniture than you might into an apartment. And uh, her family actually took some furniture. So there wasn't enough left for an estate sale. But we have connections with people who maybe have a booth at an antique store or do consignments or whatever. So I had one of our guys come in and he kind of went through her stuff and he found a sterling silver butter dish that he ended up selling for $800, which, you know, none of us ever expected, but it was was along with some other things. For a butter dish. A butter dish. Yes. So, (laughs) so she was so excited about that on top of everything else. And I can't promise that kind of result for everybody. I always hate throwing that story out there because then everyone expects that, but it just shows that, um, you know, we take the time, we try to get the right people in to help you. Um, you know, we're going to not just toss everything out the door. If there's a butter dish to be found, we're going to have someone to find it. And we just take that kind of care with our clients. And, um, so 
that was, that's a great story. Um, I love working with, uh, you know, women in their, um, you know, late eighties and nineties, they are so full of character and great stories. I've learned so much history of Atlanta through them. Um, my husband loves telling a story. We were, uh, moving a woman who was 99 at the time. This was a year ago. She's still, she's still with us. I just saw her recently. Um, and she lives in a community that had to do some repair work. So we had to go through and move, uh, people out of their apartments for a few days and then back in. And we took pictures of how everything was exactly set up and we put everything back exactly where it was. And she called me after we moved her back in and said, I'm missing a stool that was in my closet and my computer's not hooked up. So I actually grabbed my husband because he's much more tech savvy than I am. We went over in an evening and I found her stool. It was actually right where it was in the closet before. She just couldn't see it. And then my husband was uh, hooking up her computer and it came up with 30,000 emails um, that, you know, she had on her computer. And she's like, I need my email every day because this is super important to me. So we got her all hooked up. But I just love that she's 99. She's now 100 um, and still loves her emails and needed to be connected with her outside world. So it's really just a lot of um, the people that we come in contact with every day. Again, just interesting, lovely people that, um, you know, we feel like we're for a brief moment, a part of the family. Yeah, well, I thanks for sharing that. I something I, I want to really underscore, which you've mentioned several times, but you, you also highlighted in, in, in that first story is that you don't just pack up and move people, but you also unpack them. And, and I want to be very, very clear that like unpacking does not mean opening boxes and setting things on the kitchen counter. Um, as you've told me before, like you'll put things in cabinets, you'll put their silverware in the drawers. I mean, you will, to the extent that they want you to and are willing, I mean, you guys will basically make their new home move in ready, correct? Absolutely. And um, I I like to say your pantry will look like it came out of the container store because we get everything super organized. And, you know, your linen closet will have all the nice towels folded neatly. We make the bed. We talk to our clients before we do the kitchens to say, you know, where do you like your dishes near the microwave and your glassware near the refrigerator or whatever it is. Uh, we put in pull-out drawers a lot of times because, um, you know, some of our older clients are not very tall and have limited mobility. They can't reach very high on the counters, the cabinets above the counter. So we'll put in pull-out drawers um, in the cabinets. And why can't you have your plates in a pull-out drawer instead of up in a cabinet? It's easier for you to reach. So we'll do a lot of things like that, really understand what our clients' needs are, how we can make their lives better. We'll um, adjust the height of closet um, shelving and rods so it's easier for people to reach or if someone's in a wheelchair now. So all those things uh, we take into account and, and literally, like you said, unpack and truly set up the new apartment. A moving company is going to tell you they pack and unpack, but the way they pack is they want to bring as many big boxes as they can and fill them up. They don't really care where anything is going in the new place. And then if they're going to unpack, they just take everything out. Like you said, put it on a counter, put it on the floor and take all the packing materials away, which is, you know, fine. That's what they do. But when we pack, 
we use smaller boxes and everything in that box is going to the same location. So, and it's clearly labeled. We might say China cabinet, right-hand side, third shelf. So when we come to unpack, that's going back into that China cabinet, right-hand side, third shelf. After we dust the shelves off, I say everything looks so much nicer after we've been there because everything's been cleaned. Um, you know, it hasn't necessarily been dusted in the past 20 years. Um, and then again, organize all the cabinets, all the closets, and you literally walk in and can just start enjoying living in your new home. You're not surrounded by boxes. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned you're in Atlanta, like I am. Uh, do you, uh, do you and your company primarily serve the immediate Atlanta area? Yep, we cover the whole Atlanta metro area, but we're part of this national association. So uh, we work with clients that might be moving from another state here to Atlanta, and we can partner with another NASM, our national organization, another member, so they can do the floor plan and the packing on their end. And then the mover comes here, we meet the truck, we do all the unpacking on our end, and we can do the same thing for people that are leaving Atlanta and moving. Um, across, you know, into a new state, we just uh, help somebody move to Oregon. So uh, again, we can help all across the country and even internationally. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's an impressive that you're plugged into that network. So you can obviously partner and extend your services for people that are moving in or out of state or in or out of the Atlanta metro area. And and Kay, like how, generally speaking, like how do the economics work? So let's say someone is referred to you and um, they say, Kay, you've come highly recommended. Um, we need your, I need your help or we need your help. Um, do you basically, you know, schedule a meeting, a consultation and give them a quote? Or do you guys kind of like a, a, a pricing schedule or how does that typically work? So we, everything we do is on an hourly basis. So I always do a complimentary in-home consultation to really discuss what the client needs, kind of get an idea of the scope of work. Uh, and then I provide a written estimate based on, um, you know, the number of hours I think it's going to take. And I break it down. So I'll say floor planning, one person, two to three hours or five to seven, depending on if they need some personal shopping as well. And then you know, downsizing and then packing and move management, unpacking. So it's all pretty clear for the client to see. And then I send that estimate and then we have a discussion and they'll say, great, I want you to do everything, which we love. Or they say, okay, I'm going to do this and this, and my family's going to help me with that. But I want you to do all the basic packing and a little unpacking. And that's fine too. We customize every job to the client. There's no set package that you have to buy into. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's that's helpful because I'm sure people, I'm sure people listening to this are that, that's probably one of the questions you're going to have. So, so thanks for for sharing that. Um, okay, as you know, this conversation and this podcast is ultimately all about retirement planning for women, and um, I think it's great that you're a w- women-owned business and, and most of your staff are, are women. Um, and as we both know, uh, women typically outlive. Um, their male partners or spouses. Um, and so uh, just in our conversation, there's this kind of recurring idea of, of, uh, of women. Um, and so I'd love to tie our conversation and the work you're doing kind of back to this idea of retirement. So I'd like to start by asking, like, when you, when you personally think of the word retirement, what comes to mind for you? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, my husband, and I have this conversation a lot. He, uh, has his own companies, a marketing consultant and, you know, I run a, a, a business myself as well. And neither of us, uh, picture us sort of retiring and just, uh, playing golf and tennis all day, which of course we both love doing that. But for us, retirement is still doing what we love, but not as much of it. So still being involved, um, in our businesses in some way, like, um, you know, I'd like to be still involved, maybe doing some sales, but not running everyday business and having the opportunity to travel and not work as hard as, you know, every day and just having a little bit more free time. So that's to us, um, ideally, uh, the idea of retirement, we not sure if we want to stay in Atlanta, but we would love the idea of maybe being in a college town because there's always seems to be courses and things to do and just staying active and engaged. Um, from my perspective in the business, the people I see that are still doing well into their 90s are people like that, that just either were continuing to work in some fashion or stay involved or volunteer or whatever it is, just, um, you know, be able to keep um, active and engaged. And that's sort of my vision of, of how I'd like to retire. Well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a, a pretty great vision from, from where I sit. So, uh, so thanks for sharing that. Um, more specific to women in retirement. Um, I'm curious to hear what you see as the biggest challenge that women face when they're thinking about or planning for their own retirement. And they, they could be married, they could be on their own, but um, I, I just always like to ask um, my guests this question. So, so curious to hear what you think is the biggest challenge women face when it comes to retirement planning. Yeah. So uh, working with our client base, we have a lot of, um, you know, clients who's the, that generation, the women weren't involved in the decision-making of, you know, the financial aspect at all and weren't, you know, and all of a sudden are faced with, like you said earlier, they're living longer than their spouse and they don't have the knowledge and the skill set to make all these financial decisions. So, you know, hopefully they have adult children or people like you, you know, have their back to make sure they're making good decisions. I think that's changing. Um, I think more of my friends are definitely more involved. Um, I think it's important to make sure you have all your plans in place. You know, planning ahead for everything is so important. Um, You know, no one really wants to think about not being here anymore. It's, it's, uh, you know, not the the most fun topic, but it's a reality. And it's important that you have your financial ducks in a row, have your power of attorney, have your um, trusts or wills or all those things set up. Um, And even, you know, plan ahead a little bit in terms of what you're thinking your future living might be in terms of um, even senior living, just get educated and understand that there's a difference between an independent living or assisted living or um, skilled nursing. So that's nothing worse than, and you know this too, than making decisions in a crisis. You know, then then you're not able to have all your options. You're not thinking clearly. So I just think planning ahead is really important um, and, and understanding, you know, what you have and what you need and kind of where you're going. Uh, so, you know, look, we've all, lived through this pandemic the past, um, I don't know, year and a half, whatever it's been. And we can all see that life can change 
in an instant. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So at least having some things prepared for whatever things might come your way, I think is really important. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think whether we're talking about retirement or, or just life in general, I think, uh, I think there's certainly value to, you know, thinking ahead and, 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 and like you said, hopefully being in a position to make some dis- decisions kind of, uh, in, in calm times. Uh, so, so you're not, you know, compromised, don't have compromised decision-making or thinking skills because you might be in the midst of a stressful situation or a, an emergency or whatever the, the case may be. Um, Kay, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this because I know you're ultimately a lot of your in clients, um, especially women are going to be older, six, you know, eighties, nineties. Um, and you've given a couple of examples of, of women in those age ranges, but, I'm interested to hear how you think that your work through Peace of Mind Transitions impacts women and their families as they plan for or make the transition into retirement. So that might be the adult children of your clients or uh, or maybe some of the younger folks you've had an opportunity to work with. But I'd be curious to just hear what kind of impact you see you and your company making on women's retirement. Yeah, I will definitely say that whenever we work with adult children, what they say at the end of a move is, I'm going to go home and start cleaning out my garage because I'm not putting my kids through this. <laughs> so <laughs> so I feel like maybe we're making a little headway into uh, everybody, um, you know, thinking ahead about all the stuff they have and, and what to do with it. And I know even my husband and I now, when we travel, if we don't eat it or we don't wear it, we don't bring it home, you know? So um, definitely become less, uh, you know, more minimal minimalist. How much do you really need in terms of stuff? And uh, the people on our team all feel that way as well. Um, so I think, you know, our little universe keeps expanding and just uh, having people start thinking about, you know, how much stuff do I really need and what's my plan for it? And um, I don't necessarily want to burden my kids with it because it it can be a lot for families. Yeah. And that it's interesting that that's where you went with that question, because um, almost universally, I hear time and time again, um, something that's really important to the women and their and the families that I work with is they don't want to be a burden on their children. Um, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I suspect, um, you might be able to speak to this better than I can, but I suspect they don't, they don't think of that in terms of all the stuff they've accumulated. I think they think more in terms of like financial or physical support. Um, I don't think they think about like all the stuff they've got sitting in their garage or their dining room or their storage unit, you know, potentially being burdensome to their kid, uh, their kids. So I think that's an interesting perspective on thinking about, retirement and beyond for, for a lot of these women. Yeah. So I think when you're an adult child uh, and this is just exactly what happened to me and you go through it with your parent and, and you have your own kids, you're just like, I am not going to make my kids do this Um, because it, you know, it was hard. My, like I said, my dad had been in the air force. They still had barrels that the air force would pack in to um, move you across uh, across, um, you know, into Europe, cross cross country. Um, and it was just full of stuff, you know, and my brother and I went through everything and, um, we had big dumpsters at the, the house. He has six kids. I have three, we ship stuff to family all over the country. I mean, it's, 
it was a lot of work and it was exhausting and it kind of makes you a little mad too, (laughs) that you have to go through this. So that's why I'm saying our primary clients are the ones downsizing and moving might not be feeling that, but their kids are definitely going to think differently about how they plan the disbursement of their estate, I think. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's a, as you've already shared, I think that's a good thing. So, um, so, uh, Kay, this has been great. Um, I always enjoy speaking with you as we start to wrap up our conversation today. Um, a couple other questions. So I know you, uh, have mentioned a couple times that, um, you grew up with your dad in the air force. You moved on average every four years, including some time in Germany. Where, where was the, what, what's the favorite, your favorite place you lived in growing up looking back today? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think I enjoyed living in Germany because we didn't live on base. We lived, um, you know, in a little town. And, but the thing I loved most about that was that my parents were great about every holiday or vacation we had, we would travel somewhere. It was so easy to go different places in Europe. So I felt like I got to see a lot of things, um, at an early age. And my husband and I have since traveled back. It's been kind of fun to revisit places as an adult, Um, But then I also did a fair amount of growing up um, from kind of middle school to high school in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And I just really still have a fondness for that area and a daughter who lives there in Arlington, Virginia now. So I do get to go back. um, But I I really like the D.C. metro area a lot, too. Yeah, I yeah, I you know, I'm like most people, I guess I I didn't move around a lot growing up. and I'm always interested to talk to people that did, whether they had a, were in a military family or not. Just uh, I, I find that, as you said, I think at the time they probably did not appreciate it or enjoy it. But looking back, uh, almost uh, almost across the board, all of them, you know, remember it fondly, um, you know, when they think back now. So uh, I was just I was just curious about that. Um, so you're running a company. Your husband's running a company. You guys are busy. You've got three kids. Um so I'm guessing you don't have a ton of time to just sit around and do nothing, but um, if, and when you do have an hour or two all to yourself, how do you, how do you most enjoy spending, spending your personal time? So, well, I do love to play tennis. Um, I used to play a lot. Um, now I'm lucky to get out maybe once a week. So that's a very happy place for me. Um, my husband and I, so our kids are all in their late twenties, early thirties. They're all out of the house. Um, so we do like to travel, go, you know, see our kids, um, travel. Hopefully we'll get to go internationally again soon. Um, planning to go next year. If everything, if the world settles down a little bit, um, and we like cooking and, um, going out and being with friends. Um, so those are the things that are kind of in my happy place. And I do like to read, although, like you said, I don't have much time for reading anymore. I usually fall asleep at about the first paragraph. So, um, so that would be sometime, you know, something when I get to that retirement phase, I do have a couple hours a day, maybe to play some tennis and do some reading and, and some traveling. Yeah. Well, uh, again, um, thanks for sharing that. And, and thanks for joining us to, to share a little bit about you and your company and the wonderful work you're doing for, you know, seniors and their families and just making what could I think otherwise be a a pretty stressful or anxiety inducing process of, of a move um, just making it 
easier and, and, you know, based on one of the stories you, you shared, actually making it enjoyable, like, um, you know, bringing some elements of fun, fun to it. So I think that's fantastic. Um, if there were one thing that our listeners could take away from our conversation today, Kay, what would you want that one thing to be? Um, I guess I would say, uh, I go back to that whole planning ahead theme. Um, just like, you know, knowing that things can change in your life and just having a plan for that. And also just knowing that there are all these resources out there as you age. And if you call me or you or Nancy Kaufman or other people you've interviewed that work in this space as well, you know, we'll all be able to connect you to somebody else. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. And um, if there's an area you think you need some help in, there are definitely people to help you. I could agree more. Um, there are a lot of great people um, in doing great, great things, but um, you know, um, you've got to, you know, reach out and, and identify what you need and, and who's the best person to kind of help you with, with whatever you're facing, whether that's a move or retirement planning or, you know, picking, a, you know, exploring and selecting the best, you know, living situation for your, for your circumstances. So um, I think that's a, a great place to, uh, to wrap up our conversation today. Um, we'll, we'll be sure to include uh, in the show notes, you know, a link to your website and your LinkedIn profile and things like that. But what's the best way for people to, to learn more about peace of mind transitions, or maybe to reach out if they'd like to, uh, to talk to you about any of this, uh, of this information? The website is a really great place to start. I get a lot of feedback from people that it really explains what we do, have some pictures of our team. So you'll see who's, you know, doing the job and our phone number is on there. Um, It's, uh, you know, or email, you can email through the website, call us. Um, We're always happy to talk to you and um, help you in any way we can. Yeah. And and again, we'll, we'll include um, all of, K's links and website and things like that in the show notes. But for anyone listening, the website is peaceofmindtransitions.com. Did I, I get that right, Kay? That's exactly right. Peace of mind transitions with an S.com and the phone number is 404-862-4271. Awesome. Okay. Thanks again. This has been great. I, I feel like we could probably talk for easily talk for another hour. So like I mentioned earlier, we'll have to have you back. Uh, to continue the dialogue at some point, but uh, really appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, being here today and all you do for women as well. Thanks. And um, everyone listening, thanks again for for joining us. This is uh, another episode of uh, Women's Retirement Radio, and we look forward to catching up with you again next time. It's Russ again. And before you go, I want to provide a brief disclosure. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of Wealthcare Capital Management.